Welcome to the 100 Podcast. Send Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today we're continuing our team preview series with the London Spirit, obviously based at Lords, and they'll be coached by the legendary Shane Warne, which will be entertaining whatever the outcome. And of course, I were captained by England's white ball captain, Owen Morgan. Charlie, this is a side which is full of possibilities in the bowling department, has a lot of established names in the middle order. There's experience there, and there's a lot of versatility, which I think will be fun. Talk us through our best 11 for the London Spirit. So we reckon that Josh Inglis will open up the batting and he'll keep wicket too, uh, with Zach Crawley, and then Joe Denley in at three, Dan Lawrence at four, and Owen Morgan, who captain to side in at five, then Ravi Vipara at six, and Mohamed Nabi at seven. Then we have Roloff and the Merva, Mark Wood, Mason Crane, and Mohamed Amir. Let's start with our top order, because as you have said in previous podcasts, every time we go through a team, we say, oh, that's the best top order in the competition. I think this might be the team where actually we say, that is not the best top order in the competition. Josh Inglis is a hugely underrated cricketer, obviously had a fantastic season for Leicestershire in the T20 Blast. He is a guy who is very exciting, and I'm fine with that. But I do think Zach Crawley and Joe Denley, as much England experience as they have, as much as they're uh, very rated by the national setup, I don't think that top three is as explosive as other sides in the competition, Charlie. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I think this is definitely the weakest opening lineup that we have discussed so far in our preview series. I reckon it may be the weakest in the tournament, full stop. That's not to say it's terrible, but I think when you have the likes of Hales and Short at Trent Rockets, when you have Bairstow and Banton over at World Fire, I, I, I'm i lacking one big gun explosive hitter here. And obviously, I like Inglis. I think that the likes of Denley and Crawley are still good white ball players too, but there's a gulf between being a good white ball player and being a match-winning, destructive to border hitter. And I just think they're a bit lacking in that department. I would say Josh Inglis is a match winner. You look at what he's done for Leicestershire this year. He's been incredible in the T20 Blast. Average 37.5 with a strike rate of 171. Uh, 69 boundaries and 13 innings. He's been absolutely fantastic for Leicestershire this year. And I do think Australia really shouldn't be allowing him to play in the 100. He should be over there with the squad right now because I think he's that good. So Josh Inglis for me is a star. But I do think Zach Crawley and Joe Denley just aren't as explosive as other players. And when you look at their middle order, Charlie, if they are batting two and three, it does feel like everybody below them is batting just a, a spot too low. Dan Lawrence at four, you could get him in at three. Uh, Morgan, maybe lock him in at four. Robert Bapara, Mohamed Nabi, two guys that you'd love to throw in at four, five, six, maybe. It just feels like that top order is good, but it is maybe just a bit of a weakness. And it does mean that everybody in the middle order is batting just a spot too low. Yeah, you feel like you want to play for your strengths, really. I'm not sure this lineup really does that. I think it is a bit like... What's the opposite of top heavy? Because this is what it is. I'm not saying bottom heavy, but I'm saying that they've got just one too many players at the top who's maybe a little bit weaker than what they have below, if that makes any sense. I do agree that shunting up that middle order by one spot each makes a bit more sense, but looking at their reserve bowling options, I don't think that that would be a particular benefit if they were to drop out one of those guys and bring in a bowler. No disrespect to Chris Wood or Blake Cullen. I think they're both good operators, and in Cullen's case, I think he's full of potential. But right now, I don't think either of them are going to be significantly more impactful on a game than Crawley and Denley. So I think with their personnel, this lineup is probably what they're going to go for. Yeah, and it just does feel that 
you really want Dan Lawrence about three, right? Don't you? But it just feels like, well, where does that Crawley and Joe Denley go there for? Because let's not get too harsh about it. Joe Denley is a very good top order cricketer. But I, what I would say is that I don't think he is as explosive as other players in the tournament. He's not had a great T20 blast this year for Kent. He's averaged 18 and 11 innings at a strike of 124. And if you're doing that in 100, that's going to be a weakness in this side. So I do feel like if I was in charge of this side, I'd be thinking, well, I'd love to get Dan Lawrence a spot higher. And let's talk about Dan Lawrence, Charlie, a player that we both love, a player that we've talked about before. It's obviously in the England test setup right now, but we actually think it's a significantly better T20 player at this point in his career than a Red Bull player. Yeah, we said it before, and I will continue to say this. Obviously, I'm a big Essex fan, and I've seen Dan Lawrence a lot over the years. And he's really developed his white ball skills. Because I remember when he first came through, and obviously he's always had his very unorthodox, very wristy uh, technique, which was always glorious to watch. But in the first few years of his career for Essex, he didn't play much white ball cricket, and it didn't seem like that was the way he was going to go. But all of a sudden... Seemingly overnight, he developed into this really, really amazing, flexible 360 hitter uh, who's so dangerous. And I think he's quite a unique talent. I don't really know of any other players, certainly in the English domestic scene, who bat in the way he does, which opens up a lot of scoring options for a user team. I think he's the kind of player you want to be getting in as early as possible, just to let him do his thing. Agreed. Dan Lawrence is really special, I think. And what I love about him is that he's obviously a proper bat who scores a lot of runs, but he just doesn't let the side down. He will always go at it. He's super aggressive. And he's very rare in the fact that he's one of these super aggressive bats who's been growing up in this age of high scoring rates in the T20 Blast. But he scores runs as well. I just think that is a, a skill set that I'd love to utilize in this shorter power play. Obviously, the power play is only 25 deliveries. I do feel like if you want to maximize that, you might well want Lawrence in there over Denley or Crawley. So maybe he's a spot too low at four, but we love what he has to offer. And then, Charlie, let's talk about this lower middle order because it's full of talent. I mean, Owen Morgan, obviously, England white ball captain. We now good he is. Rafael Papara has been one of the best T20 players basically in the format since the beginning of it in England. Genuinely, I think if you're looking at the domestic scene, he's been one of the the greatest T20 players out there in the T20 Blast. So obviously we know what he offers. And then Mahabid Nabi is very hit or miss with the bat. Very hit or miss. But once a tournament, he will come off and do something spectacular. Yeah, it's funny actually, because I think the top three is one of the weaker in the tournament. But I think their middle order is one of the strongest in this tournament, actually. I think they're going to be quite dependent on that middle order, but that's okay because he's a very dependable middle order as it happens. Obviously, we Morgan... Maybe not in the best touch right now. He's been struggling a little bit at international level. But I think this would be a nice opportunity for him to maybe play himself back into some form. And obviously, Bapara, as you said, one of the most superb T20 players over the history of the game. And I think he has been criminally underused by England. I think in his peak, I would argue he's actually ahead of his time in many ways. And I think if he'd have been around in his peak about five years later, he would have had a wonderful England career. As it happens, he's at the tail end of his career now. And that's okay, because I still think he's a very canny operator. And coming in at six here, I, I think he's very well suited to finish up in innings. And what I would say about this middle order is it's full of experience as well. Owen Morgan, Ravi Bapara, Mohamed Nabi, all been around the circuit. Even when you get to eight with Roloff van der Moer. By the way, he can bat and he's a good eight. So I feel there's a lot of experience here. And to me, it says, okay, well, we're going to back these guys in a chase. And if you've got Owen Morgan and Ravi Bapara walking out there at five or six in a chase, you're thinking, you know, we're, we're fine here. We've got those guys. And so it feels that the team balance could possibly be 
a bit different, if that makes sense. I would love to have a top order when you do have Dan Lawrence, Ravid Bapara, Owen Morgan in reserve, all those good players. I'd love to have a top order who'd have more of a dash because I know that if I do lose early wickets, I have that experience in the middle order. So again, I just think that top order, who might face some deliveries and not score as quickly as you possibly want, can be a concern. And I think actually that if we were in charge of this side, we might consider sticking Lewis Reese in there maybe for Zach Crawley, even when he is back from England duty. Because I do think that Lewis Reese would offer something more of a dashing figure in the top of the order. I do think that he could offer something like that. You look at his stats in the T20 Blast this year, and you know he doesn't average a great deal of runs. It's 29. That's fine, but it's not huge. But his strike rate is 171. So if you stuck him at the top of the order with Josh Inglis, they'll go at it, and that would be great. And then you get Dan Lawrence coming in. And then you have the experience in the middle order. I just think that that would gel better. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But look, we'll we'll see how it goes. That middle order could win them some games. But I just do feel the balance isn't quite right. Let's move to the bowling, Charlie. Obviously, Bapara and Naby, both very good operators. and, And they'll bowl some overs. But let's get to the pace bowling aspect of this. Mark Wood obviously plays a lot for England, really quick. And Mohamed Amir, obviously he's played for Essex and he's been a blast before, is well known as one of the best T20 operators in the world for Pakistan. I think it's worth caveating when we mention Mark Wood that he's not going to be around for too much of this tournament. We imagine he'll probably be involved in the Test Series versus India. That will limit his involvement to, I suspect, the first three games maximum and then the final should they qualify. But when he is there for those three games, he'll make such a big impact. I just love what he brings to the table as a T20 bowler. Combined with Mohamed Amir, who I think is one of the finest T20 seamers on the circuit. And I think that when those guys are both there, they can do some damage with the ball. But I think there is a but here. And that is that those two are really the only two proven high-class T20 seamers that they have in this squad. Yeah, and Amir is fantastic, especially with the new ball. And I think he is perfect to have 10 balls at the top and 10 balls at the death. And I think that is perfect for them. And we know what Mark Wood offers. He offers some pace and some wicket-taking ability. And I think that can be really, really valuable. But you do think if Mark Wood drops out for those test matches, you're thinking, well, who comes in? Obviously, Blake Cullen has lots of potential. We personally don't think he's quite ready for that step up yet. And Chris Wood hasn't played a lot of games recently. When he has played, though, he's played eight matches for the T20 Blasters. He's been okay. It's a column rate of 7.65, average of 22. He's especially been good in the recent matches. I think he's really got into match fitness and, and been good. So when he comes in, he might not be elite, but I do think it's a plus for them. And then if you look at the middle overs, this side are going to bowl a lot of spin. And they have a lot of high quality operators in the spin department. Dan Lawrence obviously bowls some good part-time stuff. We'll get on to Joe Denley in a minute, Charlie. But Mohamed Nabi, Mason Crane and Roloff van der Moer, all very different bowlers, but all really high-quality bowlers. For sure. I think that's a really nice spin attack. And I'd like to add, actually, that it would be really nice to see a T20 side playing home matches at Middlesex who aren't lining up with purely medium-fast line-of-length seam bowlers. It would be so <laughs> nice to see that for once. Uh, no, I think this spin attack is really nice, actually. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the likes of Nabi go and how Crane goes. Originally, this side would have had Glenn Maxwell in there as well, who would have been yet another spin option. Obviously, he got pulled out and replaced by Josh Inglis. But it's clear what Warney's doing. He wants to go spin to win. Uh, he's going to back lots of spin, lots of pace off. And you know what? I'm quite excited to see how it pans out. I think it could go really well. I think it also could go really badly, depending on other parts of this team. But... In theory, I think the spin attack will go really nicely. 
In theory, I think this is one of the best bowling attacks in the tournament. And what it offers, Charlie, is a lot of versatility. Joe Denley is a decent white ball bowler in the T20 Blast. Uh, but I think what we'd say about Joe Denley, what I've always said about Joe Denley, is that in T20 cricket, he is very good with the new ball. His, his, re- his record with the new ball in the power play is remarkable, in fact. But actually, when you take him outside of the power play, you are less certain of his ability. He's played in 11 matches for Kent this year, and he's a column rate 7.26. So he's a good leg spinner at the T20 Blast level, and I think he can offer something to the spirit side. And then Mohamed Nabi is bowled with a lot of success in the power play for both Afghanistan and in the IPL. And he's done very, very well for the Sunrisers Hyderabad in the power play when he's played. So that offers versatility. Roloff van der Moer is interesting because he bowls very quick left arm spin. He loves a Yorker. Roloff is a Yorker bowler sometimes, a left arm spin. I love that. And then Mason Crane obviously offers some leg spin. I think this spin attack has everything you could possibly want. You have good two power play operators there you have three different type of spin bowlers you have guys who are going to succeed in the middle overs they all do different things i actually think this bowling attack is a huge strength and i think owen morgan obviously a very good white ball captain is exactly the kind of leader you want to use these guys in a creative manner and if Shane Warne and Morgan use this bowling lineup to its huge potential i think they could be a really really tough side to score runs against yeah, I totally agree there. I think they will be quite dependent on that bowling attack. I think the bowling attack is clearly their strength here and the batting is a little weaker, certainly up top. But I think they can kind of cover the slight bottom heaviness of the batting because their bowling attack is, as you say, so well-rounded. And I think the only other competitor that they'd have in terms of the best spin attack is arguably a Southern Brave. But I think that the Spirit have more variety. I think they have more options and I think they can actually have better matchups here. They can afford to be that bit more flexible. So I think they've gotten beat. Yeah, I think Manchester Originals for me are another side I mentioned in terms of spin attack. Obviously, they've got Matt Parkinson, Colin Ackerman, Tom Hartley. But I do think this team is just really, really versatile. And uh, we haven't even mentioned Ravi Bapara yet in terms of the bowling. And we know how useful he can be in the middle over. So we know they're going to take pace off the ball. I think they could be really useful because if they restrict teams to below average totals, they have that experience in the middle order to win games. I actually think a lot depends on the bowling attack, but this could be very well balanced. If that bowling attack fires and they are the elite one we believe they can be and they use correctly, this batting lineup is perfectly balanced for it. So I'm interested to see how Shane Warne goes actually, Charlie. And I think that's something I'm going to touch on briefly, because we haven't talked really about coaches too much in these previews. But Shane Warne is a complete and utter wild card here. He hasn't done a great deal of coaching. He's done some mentoring. He obviously captained the Rajasthan Rules, the first ever IPL title. He's a tough guy to pin down, but is one of the most creative and interesting cricket minds in history. So I'm thrilled to see what he does with such a versatile attack. Yeah, I mean, you said it really well. Warney is a loose cannon. He's a bit of a cricket badger. You know, we know he loves his cricket. We know he loves his spin, and that's very evident to see in the team that he's ended up picking here. I don't really know tactically what he's going to do with this side. I think it could go so many ways. Uh, he has a lot of options to use. So I'm curious to see, and I'm not even going to make any predictions as to how he's going to play it, just because I genuinely have no clue. And I, I, I'd definitely be wrong if I did suggest anything. So... I'm curious, that's how I'm going to put it. I'm curious and I'm intrigued. Yeah, there's no point in trying to predict what Warney's going to do, so that's not. But let's try and predict how the London spirit are going to get on, Charlie. What are your expectations for this side in the 100? I do think that the bowling attack, particularly with the spin, and when they have both Wood and Amir available, 
is very strong. But when they're missing a few guys to England, and that will be Crawley, Lawrence and Woods, you imagine, I think the team looks a little bit weaker. And I think then they could be in a bit of trouble, particularly as far as the top order batting goes. So I, I don't think they quite have the strength and depth that some of the other squads do here. So I am going to say I can see him finishing bottom half of the table. This is the thing with the London spirit. I do think that they will have problems replacing their England guys and they do leave. It's funny because I think Lewis Reese will actually be an upgrade on Zach Crawley for this side, funnily enough. But it's tough to replace Dan Lawrence and it's tough to replace Mark Wood if they go. So I think that will be a problem they'll have to overcome. But I do think there is definitely a road for these guys to be one of the top three or four teams in the competition. With this spin attack and with this bowling attack, when everyone's there, I think it could be a huge strength for them. And then you just love the experience they have in that batting lineup. And I do think that they could be a team that game manage very well. I think they could be one of those teams that's very canny. If they can really take advantage of the new rules, be just one of the most efficient sides of the new rules, be creative, especially with these five ball overs and ten ball overs and all these different things you can do. And I guess the quicker pace of the game, you, they could sneak through overs quickly and cause teams problems. So... I'm really interested to see how they go. I just do wonder that if this top order might just slow them down a little bit compared to when they're facing maybe a, a Welsh fire with Bearstone and Banton who can be more explosive. But when you've got Josh Inglis, when you've got Dan Lawrence, Er Morgan, Ravi Bahara, there's so much talent there. So very excited to watch them play. Let me ask you before we go, Charlie, which player are you most excited to watch from the London Spirit this summer? I'm sure you can guess exactly who I'm going to say here. It is, of course, Dan Lawrence. I love what he brings to the table. And I think England don't really appreciate what he has to offer as a white ball batter just yet. So I'm hoping that this is going to be a really cool platform for him when he is available to show exactly what he can do playing against some really high quality talent. Because I think he is a superb white ball hitter. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch Dan Lawrence play in this tournament. I think he's a great T20 hitter. I'd love for him to do well when he's available and maybe play himself into IPL contention because I'd love to see him play across the franchise circuit. I think that'd be really fun. But for me, I'm going to go with Mason Crane, Charlie. We didn't touch on him too much in this podcast because this spin attack is so full of talent, but he's a fantastic operator. He's obviously played for England. He turns it both ways. And I think he has definitely come back from a tough period in his career after that one-off solo test match against Australia, which, as we know, always hurts English leg spinners. But I do think he's a real talent. You just look at his record this year. His economy rate's just under eight, but he's taken a lot of wickets and an average of 21.57 in the T20 Blast this year. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think working with Shane Warne will be fantastic for his career. So really excited to see this whole spin attack and how they use the five spinners they possess, especially Mohamed Navi, who's fantastic and underrated. But... Mason Crane, for me, I think, under Shane Warne, probably is the story of this side, this tournament. But thank you very much for listening to the London Spirit edition of our Team Previews episode. We've got Team Previews for every single side, so make sure to check them out. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast 100. There's loads of great content there. And please review, rate, and subscribe to the 100 Podcast. It would mean a lot. So thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. 